0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is Friday, August 19th, and for the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast, that means one thing and one thing only. And what is that one thing, Mr. Zada? The
1: only thing it could mean is Kicker Friday, and once we get to the conclusion of the show,
0: beer o'clock as well. You know, th- those are kind of the bookends to the Friday show. It's, we started off with a little kicker Friday, and then ended with a little bear clock. Folks, Mark Schofield with you, hosting as I do every edition of Kicker Friday on the inside of the Pylon Quick Hicks podcast here with Chuck Zotta as always. Before we get rolling, we want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football giving coaches the ability to break down get your game film to pull stats, searchable clips, tendency reports, and much, much more for both desktop and mobile solutions. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a kcom slash pylon for one free breakdown today. Now, Chuck, kicker Friday. Last week, we looked at Greg Zerline, I believe, uh, actually, no, it was Dan Carpenter who we looked at and why he was missing extra points. That was a little bit of a down show for the Buffalo Bills fans out there, but I think we got a little bit of an uplifting show this week for our Dallas Cowboys fans. What are we going to be talking about exactly?
1: Yeah, it was a little bit of a uh, a down show last week talking about Dan Carpenter and his struggles on extra points last year. What we're going to be talking about today, uh, another Dan, this is actually the uh, superior Dan if we're talking about kickers here, and that's Dan Bailey, who's the Cowboys kicker going into his sixth year in the league right now and you know for whatever reason I don't know if it's it's the fact that you know when you play in Jerry world the receivers and the quarterbacks get all the attention I don't know what it is but I feel like no one has completely realized what Bailey has done during his five years in Dallas and in fact Bailey's been so good during that time that he actually has the highest accuracy on field goals out of any kicker in the league over that five-year period so you're talking about a guy that statistically you can make the argument
0: best kicker in the league well at the outset what are his numbers over the past five years and how do they compare with the rest of the league
1: yeah so let's let's talk about this a little bit uh came in and as a rookie was strong right from the get-go he made 32 out of 37 kicks good for 86 and a half percent you say, okay, what, what can you do after that? Show me something else. Well, the next two years, he goes over 93%. His fourth year regresses a little bit, actually has his worst year as a kicker, 86.2%, still above average there, and then is back over 93% last year. So you look at his five-year track record, and Bailey has made 90.6% of his field goals during that five years. The next closest is Steven Goskowski. and I make the argument that if you're looking at it from a statistical perspective, Bailey is better. And it's not just because he's 1% better on field goals, because honestly, that's within the margin of error. You're talking about maybe one or two kicks over that time period. But Bailey actually has uh, an an average field goal distance that's over a yard greater than Goskowski's. So he's making more kicks from longer distance. And I think you look at that, and obviously, look, I'd take either one of them, but statistically, Bailey's a little bit stronger. I think these two guys, you know, are head and shoulders above the rest of the field out there as far as kickers go. But, you know, again, you look at the data here, anyone who wants to say that Bailey's the best, you're not gonna get an argument from me. All I'll say is, Yep, he, he probably him or Goskowski, either one of them, you've got
0: no argument. So numbers aside, I know you wanted to dive in and kind of get at okay. What is it that makes them effective, or are the numbers sort of misleading? And what did you find when you did that analysis?
1: Yeah, so, you know, what I wanted to see, and, and again, part of it was just looking at that average distance of kick, uh, just because there are some guys, and I'll go back to uh, you mentioned Greg Zerline at the outset. Zerline was a guy who last year had 30% of his kicks come from greater than 50 yards, and the NFL average is about 16%. So in Zerline's case, he was having far more kicks from distance. He he didn't have a great year there, but it distorted his overall accuracy. With Bailey, he's much more in line. He has some longer kicks, but it's not a case where uh, you know Bailey was just hitting chip shots from twenty-five or thirty yards, and that was bumping up his accuracy. Bailey actually was making you know more difficult kicks uh, in a lot of cases. Now, the one thing that you can say about Bailey, and this you know, it's it's something that you do have to. Uh, pay attention to here obviously the environment that he kicks in when he's kicking at home it's not as um, I guess the technical term would be weathery I'm going to say it's not as weathery Either. as, say, a New England or a Buffalo where you get snow and rain and sleet and hail coming in all over the place. And you don't have to deal with that crap when you're kicking in Texas, when you're kicking in Dallas. OK, you know, you're, you're pretty much kicking in a dome stadium. It's not quite a dome, but it's it's as close as you're going to get without it being a dome. And so. You know, I think from from my perspective, you know, looking at where Bailey kicks, I do think he benefits from it just because you're dealing with something that's you know closed in on all sides, pretty much. There's not a whole lot of wind. Uh, it's it's a relatively easy place to kick. But having said that, there are a lot of guys that kick in domes that don't put up these numbers. You know, you can go and look at Houston where they close the roof roof a lot. You can go and look at Atlanta. Um, You know, obviously, even you look at Indy with Adam Vinatieri, who's still a notch below uh, what you see from Bailey here. And, And I look at Bailey and I say, look, he might have an easier path, but he still is outperforming even on that easier
0: path. Let's talk a little bit about mechanics. We've spent some time talking kicker mechanics on these kicker Fridays. When you looked at Bailey, was there anything that stood out to you mechanically that might sort of account for his accuracy at the kicker spot?
1: Well, Bailey is, is very, very similar to what you see from Goskowski, And because of that, it's, it's no surprise to me that the two of these guys are really alone at the top above everyone else. And when I say similar to Goskowski, There are two things in particular that really stand out to me. The first is it's a very quiet motion that he has. There are some kickers that, you know, you look at how they come through the kicking zone and there's a lot of explosiveness, but there's... Also, a lot of movement. There are a lot of different pieces that are moving in different ways, and it was one of the things that I mentioned about Roberto Aguayo when I did my pre-draft profile on him was that I worried because he had a lot of things moving at once when he was actually making contact with the ball. With when you talk about Dan Bailey, it's a very smooth, very easy motion that doesn't have a ton of wasted motion. So that's the first similarity that you had with Steven Gostkowski. The second one. Is really in how the two of them finish. They both finish very well, coming through the ball and through the target, as opposed to some of your guys out there. And and you'll appreciate this as a quarterback guy. You've talked about torque from uh, yeah. from quarterbacks. Some of the kickers that we have in the league today, they, they're torqueier players. They they really take a flat plane and a lot of uh, you know torque coming through the zone. A lot of uh, you know horizontal motion that comes through the zone. Bailey doesn't quite do that to to the extent that some other guys do. Steven Hauschka is one guy who has a big leg, but he occasionally gets himself out of whack because he's generating so much torque that he can't control it. Well, with Bailey, it's a much more controlled kick that he has, and in particular, his finish really displays that just because he comes through the zone so well and he's incredibly well balanced when he finishes up at the end of his kick and that's something again he shares that with steven goskowski so the two big things it's an easy motion for both of them and they both finish their kicks as well as anyone in the league and i think that finish is really important because that's you know that that's how you know that your kicker is driving through the ball and i think you really see that here from bailey
0: before we get back to Dan Bailey, I want to remind our listeners that crossover football can help coaches win more games and make smarter use of the film room with their teams. Crossover breaks down and stats out your game film, giving you searchable clips, advanced ODK, Tendency reports, and a wealth of other great information that you can access from any PC or mobile device. Your formations and personnel packages can be labeled with your own terminology, you can create custom highlight reels, and you can exchange your video with anyone on any platform, including all of your players and coaches. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon, that's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon to get one breakdown for free today. Chuck, you mentioned torque a minute ago and. With Bailey and other elite kickers, is that something that stands out with their ability to drive the football? I mean, you, you know, you mentioned the analogy to sort of quarterback play and trying to throw that deep out route to generate torque. Torque is kind of, kind of something I don't think we've talked about a ton when addressing kickers, but I feel like, at least from where I sit, it's an important aspect to guys like Bailey and Kostowski. It is,
1: and I guess I want to throw a question back to you first. Uh, who do you think throws the easiest deep ball in the
0: league? The easiest deep ball? You know, who
1: who makes, who just, you know, whether it's even, you know, who can back foot it and just put it out there? Who, you know, when they're in rhythm just makes it look as easy as possible? I mean, I still think Rodgers. I, I was going to
0: say Rodgers probably. You yeah. know, he's, he's a guy I that... I mean, look at those two Hail Marys that he threw last year. And, you know, there was some incredible talk on those, you know, rainbow-style throws. But even when he's just in the pocket, it's just flick of the wrist kind of stuff.
1: Now, who really needs to work to get it out there? I mean, are we talking like a Matt Castle or you know, or a... Drew Brees...
0: Okay, Drew Bree. okay. Yeah, that's a name that comes to mind. I, I remember I wrote a pl- a, an article like two years ago on a throw that Colin Kaepernick made. I mean, there's another guy that we Oh, liked. that laser? Yeah, yep. and then I showed uh, Brees throwing a similar pass in terms of distance covered and breeze had to like load up it load up and take like five crow hops to get it out there i mean he's still got a great arm obviously he's drew breeze he's playing in the nfl he's a great quarterback won a super bowl but just in terms of getting that deep ball out there i put breeze in that conversation
1: so with kickers it's similar there you know again you can have great kickers that both make it look easy as well as those that really need to put their whole body into it in order to to get that power Bailey generates an easy type of torque. It's not the kind where you really need to be you know, working too hard to, to generate it. And I think the key difference from kickers to quarterbacks is that a quarterback has that receiver on the other end who if the throw is a little bit off, you hope that that good receiver, that great receiver, can go out and make an adjustment in order to, to, to haul the pass in in some way, shape, or form. With a kicker, the issue is that if a kicker is off, the The uprights can't adjust. You can't slide the uprights one way or another. It's, you know, this isn't. It's not like Tiger Woods golf, where you know you're hitting, the, trying to spin the ball while it's in the <coughs> air. Once it's gone, you can't do anything. So, I think the difference is, you know, quarterback. Some of those guys that generate that need to really wind up in order to huck it. The the receiver can adjust if the ball isn't quite where it is. I think with kickers, the guys that have to really put their whole body into it. It tends to just create, again, more moving parts like we see with Hauska. And Hauschka's a great kicker. I think he's either fourth or fifth in the league in accuracy over this five-year period. But you'll see that each of the last three years, he's had this little two- or three-week stretch where he's kind of lost it a little bit. And and it's just something that he goes through every year, and I'd still take him on my team. I'd still line him up you know, in the playoffs just because he has proven that he can address the issue and get back to where he needs to be. But Bailey doesn't go through that type of period. Bailey is much more locked in, much more dialed in and ready to go. And I think because of that, not because of that rather, I think a big reason for that is because he doesn't he's not a high uh, high energy guy coming through the ball. He's able to do it in a low effort way.
0: Speaking of Bailey, and another thing, you're talking about, you know, all these moving parts, his jab step.
1: Very, very quiet. And this is something that I really like from him. He's a guy who, uh, and if you're not familiar with kicking, what a jab step is, if you are a right-footed kicker, okay? Right-footed kicker lines up with his left foot in front. His right foot is behind. And traditionally, the way that it was taught was that you would just step right, left, left foot plants, and then you kick with your right foot. Well, in the last 20 years, you've really seen the development of this jab step as a viable uh, technique for kickers. And it's just a way for them to get moving uh, towards their target a little bit more easily. So what it is, instead of just going right-left, it's a little half-step with the left and then right-left. Just to get that momentum moving a little bit more easily. What Bailey does, and, and what I really like, his isn't so much a forward jab where you know he's not moving eight inches, 12 inches, 16 inches, he's almost picking this foot up and putting it right back down in place. And again, we talk about moving parts, as you mentioned there, it's just one less question mark. It's, it's a situation where you say, okay, all he's doing is picking it up and putting it down. It just, it's almost like a, uh, a hitter using, you know, a timing step or something like that in baseball. It's similar to that as opposed to, we also talk about hitters that you know step in the bucket and there's, it throws off their mechanics when it's too big of a step or it pulls them out of uh, their stance. This is more just like that timing step, and I think it makes a ton of sense. It lets them get into rhythm, and, and it just keeps everything very clean, very compact for them. It's, it's absolutely beautiful to watch. and I, I had to watch it on a few different kicks because I, I was looking at it, and I'm going, well, does he actually do that on every kick? And fact is that he does. It's, it's just a very simple,
0: repeatable motion. Obviously, Chuck, there's a ton of expectations down in Jerry World. I mean, they get Romo and Des back. They draft Ezekiel Elliott. They've already got a great offensive line. Expectations are high in Dallas. What are your expectations, not for the Dallas Cowboys so much, but for Dan Bailey this season? Dan Bailey is going
1: to keep doing what he's done for the last five years. He is a guy who... One of one of the pieces that I wrote earlier this year was about paying NFL kickers and about how for the vast majority of kickers they don't you don't need to sign them to some kind of big contract because they tend to vary a lot from year to year. Bailey is as close to reliable as you can find with a kicker. He is, you know, again, for every single season that he's had, he's been at least 86% accuracy to a high of 93. It is, you're talking about a guy that he is as consistent as gravity. You wake up, you know, the sun's rising in the east, it sets in the west, according to Jared Goff. That's, you know, that's how it works. He is that sun. It is, it is rising, you know, the the way that it's supposed to, and it sets the way that it's supposed to. Goff got that wrong, right? I I think so, yeah. Yeah, I I didn't want to go there, but I had to tweak you on that one a little bit. No,
0: no, no, it's, it's okay. You know, I mean, as we've seen this week, um, you know, they always call that Monday after the week one game sort of overreaction Monday, and I think... Oh, we saw you know, some big ones oh, this week. Oh, man, there were lots of people, you know, pounding their chests, very proud of the calls that they had made, but it's week one of the preseason, everybody. I know the the people are excited that football is back, but let's not start making busts and canted for people just yet. I, I seem to remember a... Here in the Washington, D.C. area, a uh, Washington Redskins team that lit it up one preseason, man. Ooh, man, they looked really good. And that was a team coached by none other than the all-ball coach himself, Steve Spurrier.
1: Well, look, you and I I were talking, I think it was in the last couple days, about all the guys that have been preseason all-stars. And then not, not even go on to average careers, just go on to nothing. I mean, like we were talking about some of the names like Nate or what was it? Zach Sudfeld, the uh, the tight end for the Patriots, who was going to be the next Gronk and then caught, I think, five passes for the Jets in two years. And that was it. Um, You know, there have been plenty of these guys. It's. It's so early, and, and it's, it's just tough to see that you know, Dak Prescott already is enshrined in Canton while, unfortunately, uh, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz you know, aren't going to make the team this year. I mean, that's, that's what we're hearing after week one. It must be true, right?
0: Yeah, cut down day for those guys, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's a shame.
1: You just take the cap hit and run with it, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, you know,
0: cut your losses early. Might as well. Might as well. <laughs> but with that, Chuck, you know what time it is? Let me check my watch.
1: Mark, it's beer o'clock again. Fantastic. Come on, buddy.
0: Fantastic. Another great week of shows, my friend. It is in the books. We are done. We ha- are done. Happy to put it to bed. Always always a great feeling. Folks, if you aren't checking out the work, please follow us on Twitter at ITPylon. Make sure you're following Chuck on Twitter. Let's try to get my boy here up to at least 1,000 followers on Twitter. He is at... At ITP underscore Chuck Z, show him some love on Twitter, everybody. Mark Schofield, Chuck Zada, signing off for the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast.